welcome back to Turf Talk. It is the first of our four Cheltenham preview specials. As per usual, I've got Jim Watson on the line. My name's Louis Tomlinson and we're joined by our first of our four special guests of the week. It is former jockey and now a man of Boyle Sports and Racing TV. It's Paul Callahan. Uh, thanks a lot for joining us, Paul. Yeah, thanks a million. Thanks very much for having us on. Very good afternoon, gentlemen, and very good afternoon or good evening, whatever time of the day you're listening to this. Uh, Paul, you, you've ridden at the festival. Uh, can you just describe for not us? Very, like, not very well, Lewis. <laughs> no. The, the, the buzz and the feeling of that. Uh, yeah, it's great. It's brilliant to be a part of it. Um, number one, it's great to be looking forward to it. But um, there's certainly a lot of pressure. Like from, from January, you're certainly of what, or a half an eye, definitely, you have Cheltenham in the back of your mind, certainly from the from the end of January. But um, for every one winner, you're you right at the festival. There is an awful lot of, of more, a lot more downs to go through for one winner. And it, it is like I rode a fancied horse back in 2006 in that in the National Hunt Chase. And I pretty much knew my faith after three fences. And it was just, it was, it was a lot. I don't think I spoke for about three days after. <laughs> and that's, that's been genuine. Like Cheltenham just does that to you. Um, I, I'll never forget. I had family over at the time, a couple of my brothers and my sister I came across and we went for something to eat that, that evening. But I don't think I, uh, I didn't eat. I don't think I spoke. I didn't, I don't think I said two sentences all evening and I, <laughs> I left early and it was just, it took a lot more to, to get over and, I've been to Cheltenham before and since, and and never had never had a fancied runner, so there was never as much pressure, you know. So it was kind of a lot easier to to deal with. Yeah, well, we, Jim might be in a similar sort of mood to that with the news that coming out this morning that honeysuckle, the forty to one we've got means nothing. We'll be touching on that later on, but I guess we'll start and try and pick some winners, and we'll start with obviously the race that opens the meeting. The Sky Bet Supreme Novices Hurdle. They bet general best price five to two Shishkin, seven to four Asterion Falange, both of the Joe Donnelly horses coming here. It looks like five to one Envoy Allen, who's probably going for the Ballymore. Six is Abracadabras, eight's Fiddler on the Roof, nine's Chantry House, sixteen's Captain Guinness and Sporting John, also likely to go for the Ballymore. And twenty to one Edward Stone. Boys, I'm struggling to really have a massively strong opinion on this race, which isn't really the best start to a podcast. <laughs> Do either of you have anything you're hugely keen on? Um, Paul, you first. I'm going to narrow it down to, to two. I think, well, you've Envoy Ellen at the, I'm not quite sure if Envoy Ellen, what, what, what race he's lining up in, but I think Shishkin and Fiddler on the Roof, I think, are, are two fascinating runners here. Um, not, Shishkin was the man. Fiddler on the Roof. Good luck. Yeah. He was he, like he was very impressive when winning the Talworth. Talworth winners would have a, have a good record in this. Um, Shishkin, I thought, did what he had to do at Huntingdon. Was nothing, you know, to, you wouldn't be, be blown away by it. But I thought the time, the run before that at Newbury, I thought Shishkin was very good when beating Shake Up Harry. And the two of them, it was interesting. Nico was keen on getting a lead for as long as possible. And at Newbury, you're a little over a furlong from the last hurdle to the winning line. And Shishkin managed to put 11 lengths between himself and Shake Em Up Harry, who, who would be taught a lot of. I know Shake Em Up Harry was disappointing. He fell quite early on on hurling debut. I think it was at Leicester, a horse owned by, by Harry Redknapp. But I was quite taken by Shishkin. He doesn't seem to be too bothered on what, what way the ground will turn up. 
Moving on to Fiddler on the Roof, I thought he was very impressive when, when taking the Talworth. I've mentioned Talworth winners would have, a, you know, you have to sit up and, and take notice. He was also a winner at Sandown two starts back on heavy ground. So certainly if the, if the meeting starts off on day one on soft ground or heavy, I could see it just maybe he's battling them two, settled to battling out on the landing side of the last hurdle in the opener. Yeah, I completely agree with what you've said about both of them. Um, I respect Shishkin at the top of the market. I have a slight fear of horses at the top of the market five to two favourites for Supreme Novice Hurdle they don't have a great record in this race uh, two of the last 12 favourites have uh, won the Supreme Novice Hurdles so I, I, I'm, I've am i been a massive advocate of Fiddler on the Roof this season and I will back up everything Paul says um, he's, I, he's a very very likeable horse and what he did in the Tolworth last time was absolutely destructive and eight to one he's certainly a good bit of value for me at this moment in time do you um, think it was a particularly good Tallworth, though? I don't think there's a, such thing as a, as a bad Tallworth. You know, a grade one, it's, it, it do take a little bit of winning. And I'm just going to go back to, to the Cheltenham Festival. It was back in 2015 when the it was this, it was a prime trial, beg your pardon. I'm going to go back to 2016 when Nicky Henderson took the, took the scalp, of course, of Min by seven lengths with none other than Altior. So Nicky Henderson... I suppose, like the, the top trainers at the market, would have a fair idea on on what to, on how to win a supreme hurdle. You know, it's it's a fascinating contest, but I don't think there's any such thing as a, as an easy Grade One. It's like a, it's like a Champions League final. You know, you, you're not going to go out and get an easy Champions League final. It just it doesn't happen. Like that's very very fair. I'm I quite like the two at the top of the market, which is again an immensely boring boring way to start to start the podcast off, but. I do think they have it spot on with Shishkin and Asterion Falange being the being the likeliest two to win this race. I probably am fractionally just leaning towards Asterion Falange at the minute. I think he's a. I really like the way he strides out, uh, powered away from uh, easy work last time out of the Dublin Racing Festival. I, I, I see him more. I, I think he stays, but Shishkin's got a really, really impressive turn of power. You know, I, I think they're both absolutely top-class horses uh, to deal with in the future, but at this stage, I, j- I just kind of think the way the Supreme will, will pan out might just suit Asterion Falange slightly more, but it's 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 a really, really good race, and I couldn't I can make cases if I was pushed for, well, for everything really down to Edwardstone. It's a, it's a cracking little event. Yeah, we could we could also be forgetting about Abacadabras as well. Yeah, uh, what he did at Leopardstown uh, in the Future Champions Novice Earl was very very good, um, and and previous to that in early December he was second behind Envoy Allen. We all know how good he is this season. He's beat latest exhibition. The form's back that up. I just have a question mark if the ground is a bit heavy or very very soft. Uh, going into that first race, will he quite get up that hill? I don't. I have a question about his stamina. Uh, He's I don't the speed horse in this race, isn't he? Yeah. Uh, he did. He I, won a Grade Three in at Navan on on soft to heavy ground, which is, Navan would take a bit of getting, like especially the last two two and a half furlongs when you you kind of come into a dip to come back up the hill. Um, but Navan would take a little bit of getting on soft to heavy. Um, albeit he was nine to ten favourite on that occasion. I'm going back to November of last year. He won a Grade Three hurdle at Navan Abercadabras. I don't know if the ground would be would be that important to him. It's just that hill. I think it's the hill at Cheltenham, and then 
will he just quite get home is, is the only thing that's niggling the back of my brain. I'd like to give a mention to Shantry House here as well, who's a horse I've been I've been quite taken with so far this season. Uh, he's shorter in the betting here than he is for the Ballymore, so I assume this 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 will be the target for him. He's beaten Edward Stone and Stolen Silver uh, on his first two starts, and then was very very tidy. You know, never really having to come out of first gear to beat Manvers House at Newbury last time. It, you know, it's it's all kind of away from the big stage, you know, he's not similarly enough to Shishkin, really, that there's no proper graded form to his name, but the horses he's been beating have proven themselves to be at least 140-plus animals, and I could see him hitting the frame. Again, I think he's going to be one who might end up being over further in time, but he's got a very, very high cruising speed. Uh, I wouldn't rule him out at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Interesting. Just so- <clears throat> with Chantry House, he's won on soft and good ground, so he, he seems pretty versatile as far as, as, as ground's concerned. Just when you're saying about staying, you, you probably do need to stay as well. You know, you need probably pace to lay up. Like they're gonna go some they're gonna go fair gallop early on, you know, and, and the lads, the jockeys I'd imagine are gonna be a little bit everyone's gonna be a little bit fresh when the tapes go up for the opener on Tuesday afternoon and you probably will need a horse. It's a bit like the champion chase, although you, you need to be quick to, to hold your position early on. You probably will need to stay towards the back end of the, of the two miles of the, the opener on Tuesday. Captain Guinness, lads, he was a bit of a talking horse after he ran really well on his second start behind Andy Dufresne. I guess that form might have taken a little bit of a knock now. Can he, would either of you give him a chance? Not, not for me. No, I can't see it. Two runs... You're gonna have to hustle and bustle as well on, on Tuesday. And he, he just Andy Dufresne's form is is looking a little bit sus now. Um, but just it's only his third start on a race course as well. As you know, he's gonna to have to be very streetwise and, and very strong mentally to, to to take it all in. You know, it's a lot to take in for any young horse. Yeah, I I agree completely with that. He's probably a little bit more of a longer term prospect, Captain Guinness. Uh, I'm the only one who spoke about Asterion Falange so far. Uh, I kind of see him. The, the reason I kind of edging towards him over Shishkin, and th- this could be an absolutely abysmal take. I, I completely admit that because it's I'm, I'm th- in my mind there's very very little between them. But I, I just kind of see him next season. I could see Asterion Falange running an Arkle, you know, similar enough to what Champagne Fever did. I know Champagne Fever got beaten in Arkle, whereas next season I'd see Shishkin as maybe a marsh horse and I, I just think he's a long strider who'll appreciate the Cheltenham Hill two miles but a, a, a two miles that takes a bit of stay and I think he'll be right up his street I know some people haven't been too keen on his jumping though uh, would that be a worry for either of you? Not not for me I, I think his jumping's been it's just good you can, you can pick holes in it he's not exactly been fluent over everything but I, I think they'll go a right good gallop. He'll settle nicely, and that should hopefully put him in a nice rhythm. Yeah, I think he'll be he'll be well schooled. He's had he's had a start and a pint of pint as well, and I suppose the pointers mightn't be as as sharp as as those which have maybe come off the flat. But he um, no, I wouldn't have any issues with his jumping. That's a relief for me then. <laughs> uh, should we wrap it up then on the Supreme Boys? Who wins the race? First of all, Paul. I'm gonna side with I'm gonna side with Shishkin. I'm gonna narrow I think it's between Shishkin and Fiddler on the roof, but a selection is Shishkin in the opener. 
Jim? Fiddler on the roof. Everyone's known who's listened to this podcast for weeks. 20 to 1 we were on at. And hopefully he'll run a decent race. Jim Watson tipping the first of the 15 Tizard horses he's going to put up over the four days. <laughs> um, Most definitely. I'm I'm just about going to side with Asterian Fulons, though. I wouldn't be surprised if <coughs> Shishkin absolutely bullied them all. I, I, I think he could be something special, but just at, at this stage and in this race, I'm slightly edging towards Asterian Fulons. Moving on then to the 210, the Arkle. Lots of the names that were up there in the anti-post betting pre-season. It's a completely different field to what you'd have expected back in October. Notebook heads a bet in a best price, 11-4. to four. Fives for Fakia Dudery, who is also in the marsh. Sevens for Brewing Up a Storm, or again, also in the marsh, looks likely to come here. Sevens for Cashback, 14s, Esprit Dulage, Global Citizen, Rouge Vif, and then 16s, Moira Bonnery. Uh I think this is quite simple. I think Notebook wins. Mm. I'm I'm looking to oppose notebook in this. Um, I, I don't know. I, I I feel like for a while I've been looking to try and find reasons to get notebook beat, and I haven't yet found one. And exactly. And people I'm, are gonna people are gonna keep doing that. I think people are, because he was a fairly not mediocre, but he was he was not a special hurdler. He was, he was rated 135. He was put he was 12th in the Ballymore last season at 50 to one. And the fact that he was quite a, you know, he was a bang average hurdler, he's actually adding adding a point or half a point to his price, whereas his, his two-mile novice chasing form this season is so superior to everything else's. Yeah, I don't know, I don't know what Paul thinks about Notebook, but I, I, I'm ideally looking to get him beat. Yeah, I'd be... I'd, I'd... Like to do what he did the last day at Leprestown was incredible in, in the Arkle, the, the Irish Arkle, the grade one. Yeah, he bolted beforehand. So I know, albeit it was only briefly, but he was quite keen going to post. And you kind of looking at that, thinking, well, that's his race over. And then to do in grade one, comp, to do it in any company, never mind, mm. let alone grade one, like it was a fair performance. Like, and, and the time, incidentally, was just nine seconds below standard. Was that was actually faster than his win at the, at the Christmas meeting, just faster than. And his, his time at the Christmas meeting two starts ago, which is quite incredible. So, like Notebook, he's won his last four. He's won two Grade Ones and a Grade Two over fences. It is hard to oppose, but he's had, you know he's round about five to two. The one that I was impressed with on his last start was Rouge Vif mm. at, at Warwick. I was really impressed with him. He won the, the Kingmaker at Warwick, which is a Grade Two. That was back in February the eighth. The only slight concern with, with Rouge Viff, I think, is that he failed to beat a rival home on his only visit to Cheltenham. That was back at the Open meeting in November. Al Dancer finished six lengths ahead of him on that occasion, but on his next start, he actually beat Al Dancer by two and a half lengths. That was a Kempton in the wayward lad. So, but I, I thought he was really slick. He was very slick over his fences. He he couldn't fault his Warwick his Warwick victory. The only concern would be that he didn't act. He's only been to Cheltenham once before, but he didn't act there. But round about twelve to one. I think incidentally, I think Gavin Sheen has a as a cracking book of rides, but looks like on paper ahead of the next week. Yeah, that's an interesting part about Gavin Sheen. Uh, he's a decent price. About there's about thirty threes around about him to be uh, top jockey at the festival, and he has a very very good set of rides. Um, and I, I just wanted to put that point in because I think he's a bit of value if you're looking for a bet in in that market. 
definitely he's he's Scandiburg as well in the Perthams final and he mm. looks kind of I think he's he's set to carry at the minute he's set to carry ten stone nine in the Perthams final and of course he's Emmy Tom in the in the stairs holder itchy feet Tom. in the in, That's right. in the marsh um, yeah he's he's got a really really good set of rides. It's a good point there, lads. A good point. Do you, Paul? Do you just worry that the that the British form? I I, I think it, it's a little bit below the level of what we've seen in Ireland so far this season. They've all, you know, Ruzif has been beaten by Global Citizen, who's been beaten by Brewing Up a Storm. Are, are they are they all just within three four pounds of each other? I'm I'm not I'm I'm not too convinced that any of them. I'm are miles clear, really. And I guess, look, they're all pr- practically the same price bar in Brewing Up a Storm. Yeah, I think if you if you were to look outside the the top, I think I think it is. I think when you look at Notebook, the more you look into that form, like, especially the last day, given given that he bolted on the way to the start, which I don't think is something that the horse ever did in, in the past before that. Um, if he turns up in similar form and, and behaves himself, he does take all the beating in the, in the, in the, the Arca. But I think if I do think if Rouge Viff turns up in the same form as he, he on paper he does need to step up again. But if he turns up in similar form at Warwick, he'll not be far away. I do I do like that shout. I do like that. Uh, Jimmy and you were both quite keen on brewing up a storm back at the start of the season. Uh, he's, he's a horse we both had quite a lot of time for as a novice hurdler. To be fair, and we've not seen him since November. But he he was tidy on both of his starts. Beat good boy Bobby up at Carlisle all the way back in October. That was quite a tidy little race as well. Midnight Shadow and Global Cities and were in behind them and then beat Southfield Stone down at Taunton. Would the worry be whether he's quick enough? Um, I, I don't think it is because I, I wasn't really that fussed about him over hurdles over two miles. They, con- they proceeded to step him up to two mile four after his uh, hurdle debut and I didn't think that caused any problems uh, he's he bumped into some nice horses in his novice hurdle campaign he ran in all the top races and he's been campaigned lightly this season the complete opposite of what he was going into last year's uh, festival he bumped into Champ and Birchdale I, th- I think he would have beat him that day and then he was fourth behind City Island uh, I thought that was a good performance reserve tanks not exactly covered himself in, in glory since he's uh, win at Aintree so yeah I, I think that he he's probably where I'm lying at this moment in time um, I, I think I've been impressed with his jumping I think they'll go a right clip uh, I can see cash back notebook Fakir Doudary I th- I've, I've just got a, a slight feeling that they all might take each other on and leave it for something that's closing late on and I think Brune Up a Storm uh, Esprit de Lage uh, could be one of, one of them two as the two English uh, challenges. Uh, I, I, I take Paul's comments on board about Rouge Viff. I do really like him, and I think he's a bit of value as well at fourteen to one. It's interesting that you mentioned Fakir Dudri there because I've 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 just pretty much cancelled him out of out of my mind, <coughs> assuming that he'll turn up in the marsh instead. Uh, am I completely wrong to think that? I don't know where connections are going to go. Like he only has the length and a half to find with Notebook on the run at, at Christmas at Leperstown. But having said that, Notebook, uh, oh, no, that was the time Notebook actually did behave. So like I don't know. He he, he was a winner the time before that at Fairy House back on the 1st of December. That was in the Drinmore Grade 1 where, where Sam Crow parted company with, with Jack Kennedy at the second last. Arguably, 
Sam Crum maybe had the maybe not. You'll, you'll never know had the, had the measure of him. But um, I suppose Fakir Dudri has been has been disappointing since winning at Navan and on the tenth of November. Yeah, he doesn't. He do, He won't have the uh, the weight allowance as well. He got for being a four year old this yeah, time around as well against Notebook. Yeah, that's correct. Um, I just put it. I'd be hard if if he lines up in whatever. I think he's just he's going to be certainly hard to fancy if he lines up in the arc. Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, I'd if if I was going to take Notebook on, well, the horse I see as the biggest danger to him is the horse who got close to him last time out, which is Cashback for Willie Mullins. I, I I think the form of the Irish Arkle really is the key to this race, and I wouldn't be surprised if if we saw the same one-two home here. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Uh, before before we leave the the Arkle and I ask everyone for their selections. Again, are we underestimating Esprit Delage? Similarly to Notebook, wasn't much of a hurdler, but he's a Grade One winner this season. Won, won the Henry VIII where he beat New, Nubi Negra, who has proven himself to be a tidy enough animal this season over fences. Is he being underestimated, or is it one of those typical early season Grade Ones where the form doesn't always particularly stack up, especially in novice company? Jim? Yeah, um, I, I, I like the chances of Esprit Delage. Uh, I thought he travelled and jumped very well in the uh, Henry VIII novice chase at Sandown. He's beaten you, Bay Negra Grandson, so you can question that form. Is it really true grade one form? But we go back to the point that we made in the previous race. Any grade one's a hard grade one. Um, so, yeah, I, th- I think Esprit Delage could be a, a bit of a forgotten about. Uh, I think he'll want to be held up and if there is a bit of a pace meltdown, I, I do see him and brewing up a storm, picking up the pieces later on. Yeah, yeah I, 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 go on, Paul, sorry. The only kind of fly there would be Torpillo would today. He won. He, Torpillo was a beaten favourite on that occasion, and Torpillo has since struggled in the, in the Kingmaker at Warwick back on, on February the 8th. That would be the only, the, the only, as you said, an early season novice, the only slight concern with that form. Yeah, I, I, I think you are right with that, Jim, though. That, that that would be the situation that would play to Esprit Delage's strengths most, a bit of a a little bit of a pace meltdown. But be, but we'll wrap that up there for the Arkle discussion and we'll ask everyone for their selections. Jim? Uh, I'm going to go brewing up a storm. Paul? Rouge bit. And I'm going to be as boring as I normally am. And go with the favourite notebook. I, I do think I do think that for a favourite he is. Lewis only tips favourites. He's <laughs> done your homework before this. <laughs> he's he's an overpriced favourite though. He, you must have been up all night looking at this cat. <laughs> Finally, someone else is giving it him. Oh. Based on Chase's form, he should be at least a point shorter than he is, and that makes him a cracking bet. Yeah, fair enough. He had all the excuses, no book to get beat on his last start. I wouldn't say that, and he still won. Uh, whilst we've got Paul with us, I think we'll do a little bit of Pulp Fiction in, and we'll skip ahead in time to the champion hurdle, because I, I do want to discuss this race whilst whilst we have Paul. Uh, I mean, it's absolutely baffling that this is a champion hurdle, but we'll run through the best prices. Uh Starting with four to one favourite Epiton, nine to two Benny Dejer, fives Pentland Hills, 
You can back Solo, a juvenile with one run in Britain at 6-1 to one for it. Seven Tony Suckle, eight Seal Seminary who needs to be supplemented. Tens again, Envoy Allen ain't going to run here. 12 Super Sunday, 14 Charger and 16's Cursor Bleem, Darva Star, Fusil Raffles, 20's Ballyandy, Call Me Lord, Silver Street 25's, 28's Petit Mouchoir. I mean, it's going to be, there's going to be a lot of them and it's going to be a fun race to watch, but it's such a hard race to get an angle on. Uh, do either yeah. of you lads have a hugely strong <coughs> opinion? It'll be interesting to see what connections of Benny to do. Of course, Honeysuckle confirmed earlier on this morning for the for the mayor's hurdle. It'll be interesting to see if connections of Benny to do up to to supplement for the the champion hurdle. A horse that Super Sunday, you'd imagine, very rarely runs a knows how to run a, a bad race. I think Super Sunday, but horse I really like in this one is Darver Star. The each way value arguably could be gone. Was was at bigger prices kind of within a week and a half, two weeks ago. Darver Star, he's around about twelve to one. At the moment, um, I just think he's done nothing wrong. He's probably surprised. 12, 14 to 1 Darver start at the minute. Was a good second behind Honeysuckle on his on his last start. That was back. That was in the Irish champion hurdle. Albeit Honeysuckle, she's better over further. And she had to make her own running on that occasion. But Darver Star, he only had half a length. And I think he was in front about a strider. Certainly two strides after the winning post, he was in front. You'd imagine if the two lined up again, Honeysuckle and Darver Star over two miles, the mare would be a lot sharper for us. But... Arguably so too would would Darver Star. He's done very little wrong. He's owned by the the number twenty two syndicate, who I think incidentally they have a lot of winner in, involved in the syndicate. That I think the the winning number was was number twenty two. <laughs> That's where the name comes. It's an incredible story, like wow. um, you know, it really is an incredible story. I think started winning off the mark of one hundred and six at Wexford back on the seventeenth March last year. Like it's incredible. And now is lining up with arguably a cracking chance of, of certainly getting a podium finish in this year's champion hurdle. I like that. It's a cracking story. Gavin Cromwell, back-to-back champion hurdles, and not defending it, obviously, with the late Espar Dallin, but winning a champion hurdle a year later with a horse who ran the same week and was beaten in a maiden hurdle at Wexford. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, he, actually, he, he, he won his, I think he won his, he did, he won at Wexford, so he did. No, he didn't, he was third, sorry. Yeah, and then he, he backed up, he, he, he got, he got. He started his winning streak at Wexford a month later, and he's won, he's won five it. already this season. And I could, I could see Cheltenham suiting him, the way, the way he rattled home at Leopardstown, the hill shouldn't be any problem with him, he's probably, he probably stays a bit further than two miles. Well, he's won over two mile five, hasn't he, in that listed race at uh, Limerick early on in the season. Um, yeah. I, I'm I'm in agreement here. I, I think Darvis Star is still a bit of value at 16s if you can he's, still get it. Yeah, um, he, he's sorry, he's half a length behind the mare, behind Honeysuckle, and he's only about four lengths behind End Island when the mess in the in the Royal yeah. Bond at Ferryhouse in December. Yeah, and he's although he's one of the oldest in, at the top of the market, and he's probably run the least. I still think there's a little bit more to come from him. Um, if you look at the other ones, you sort of know a bit where you stand. I know Epitons obviously got the potential to be a superstar. Um, what what she did uh, at Christmas at Kempton was very very impressive. Brushed aside Silver Streak and Ballyandy uh, did deserve to put a place at the top of the champion hurdle market. But after the news of Honeysuckle this morning, it's absolutely taken it out of me this race. Um, I, 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 I think the real champion hurdle is probably going to be the mayor's. Um, 
because I'd I'd love Bernie DeGier to turn up in this. I just want something to stand out and be mightily impressive. And the only one in this that I could see that he's more than likely going to run is Epiton, and and that's a bit boring. But I probably won't back out in this race. It's, I'm very disappointed. Well, I'd agree with you on that, Jim. That if 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 we're seeing a horse put up an absolutely monstrous performance, it will be from Epiton and. I I agree that she's the right favourite. I don't I don't really buy into the theory about her flopping at Cheltenham last season because she was so far below below herself. Uh, Nikki Anderson blamed it on the flu jabs. Uh, that I don't think that it was the course that was the problem. I just don't think she was right. I think she'd have ran that badly at any any track. Uh, and she was she was she was really really impressive at Kempton at Christmas. Ground would that be an issue? I know she's she won at soft on at Kempton, but I guess her turn of foot would that be blunted if the ground came up on the softer side of soft? I know this we're going quite a bit back, but she'd run on good to soft, soft and heavy when she were on the flat in France. Um, so I, that that doesn't bother me. She's she's won a uh, a race on heavy ground in France, and no, I, I don't have any question marks about it. No, I'd be in agreement there. I don't think. I think she seems pretty versatile. She won on soft at Kempton. I know Kempton soft wouldn't be that soft elsewhere, but she is a, a winner on heavy ground in France. It's on clue, so I don't think I'd be be worried as far as the as the ground is concerned. The horse who I think is well will, will be the best if if this is a route that they decide to take, and at a best price of eight to one. I know it needs to be supplemented. But I just think if if he turns up, Silos Emery is just the best horse in it. Which all which, although you know his best form has been shown over fences, it might just be enough. It might be enough. He was he he jumped like a horse who'd been chasing last time out uh, when he won the Red Mills. But that was against Durasso, who's a useful yardstick. I think if he comes on for that run. I think he he might be the one I'd probably side with. Uh, you know, we, we've seen, I guess, Bouvedere did it a couple of years ago, started off over fences, came back uh, to take advantage of a bit of a weaker champion hurdle field. And I do I think if you're getting eight to one about a horse who has been, you know, he's been really impressive over fences, bullied uh, bullied Ballyashin, uh earlier in the season, who was a proper solid grade two standard horse. I I, I think he might be the one. Uh, his novice hurdle in form was good. He was a grade one winner at the Punchestown Festival. You could say that maybe he wasn't quite up to that standard in the Supreme, uh, which could be a little bit of a worry, I guess, if you were looking at Cheltenham form. But at the prices, I think he'd be the one I'd side with if they decide to go down this route. I, I see your point, but I wasn't that taken by his performance uh, back over hurdles last time. I, I, I don't know. There was just something about it. I, I just feel like Willie Mullins has looked round to see what he could run, and, and that's the best he's got. I'd, I'd really like Benny DeGier to turn up, but I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah, no, I'd be I think Silas Emery will have, a, will have a little bit to find. Was an easy winner off the, the Red Mills trial. At Gore and what are back on, on February the fifteenth, but I do think I think he'll have his, his work cut out. Mm. I would be highly against Pentland Hills at the prices. Definitely. 
I, I, I know Paul Nichols has, has come out and said last week that he felt he feels Pentland Hills is the one to beat. I just don't get it. Horse second favourite for the champion hurdle has been beaten twice by Ballyandy this year. It's uh, I, I just I don't see why people are still fancying. He's had a wind operation. Um, that's well, that, if, if that's the only thing that people could that. say, couldn't it? Yeah. Um, th- there's a lot of horses in this who I'd rather who I'd rather back than Pentland Dales, and and I'll go back uh, to Paul once again and, uh, and stick with Darvis Star. Yeah, I think Pentland Hills. I would imagine. I I don't know if it hasn't been talked about, but I wouldn't be surprised if some sort of headgear was was put on. He was a good winner mm-hmm. at the festival last year. Now he got the run. Like there's going to be plenty of pace, you'd imagine, on on Tuesday in the champion hurdle. So he is going to have to. He'll have plenty to aim at. Like Nico, I'd imagine, will be in no rush whatsoever. And he, he hit the front. He won the the triumph hurdle last year. Didn't hit the front till till after the last. And you'd imagine he'll be trying. Like he's a little bit older, a little bit wiser. Just I was the same. I, I thought I give him every excuse when he was on his first start this year. He was quite keen and he was still there jumping the last at, at Cheltenham. I think that was in the that was in the international hurdle. But the last mm-hmm. day he just had no excuses at Hayda. Yeah, it, it's not that he's ungenuine. I just think he just knows what he does when he hits the front. Um, and I think probably a pair, set of cheap pieces would, would probably do him the, the world of good. I'd, I'd, I wouldn't be surprised if, if we see a better horse after a wind-up because of how quickly he stopped the last twice. But it worries me. It's, it's a trait I really, really struggle to uh, to find a positive in in a horse. Similarly enough to Sam Crow last season where, where where he was hitting the front and then just going out like a light. Like I, call, I called him Ben Teke earlier in the season, didn't he? Because he was finishing his races like him. I mean, Ben Teke scored at the weekend, didn't he, I think? so. <laughs> maybe, maybe Petland Hills wins the champion hurdle, but no, I can't quite see it. I think he's far too short a price off his form this year. The, the only thing I would say, that he only had three runners against him at, at Haydock in the champion hurdle trial, so there's arguably not as much. He's going to have more, a lot more to aim at you'd imagine yeah. on Tuesday which will suit him and you have a lot more time to to play your hand you know if, if Nico you know if he met trouble and running going to the second last or the last it probably would do him no harm mm. just to keep him travelling on the bridle but just what we saw at Haydock would just be we'd be off putting with, with Pentland Hills for me Would either of you be able to make a case for any of the other Irish contingent Super Sunday Charger Cursor Bleem I don't. I, Super Sunday, you could imagine staying like Super Sunday. You'd imagine maybe staying on for a place. I think, but I couldn't see Super Sunday being fast enough to win to win the champion. Yeah, I I agree. Um, you can, you are you, you respect them and you know that they'll run the race, but I really don't see them winning the champion hurdle. I disagree with you on that about Sharjah, Jim, because I think if Sharjah does run his race, I think he's bang there. But I, 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 I think the problem with Sharjah is, does he run his race? You know, because his his form over the last two years has been so superior in the autumn than it has in the spring. And also his, his previous run when he ran in the Supreme, uh, it, was, it was well down the field. I backed him for the champion order last year. I felt it was overpriced. And, uh, that went well when the other horse had backed, got in his way and brought him down. Uh <laughs> But he, but it is he's he, he's a he's won three Grade Ones over two miles over the last over the last couple of seasons and he's a fourteen to one shot. 
But the vibes aren't good, are they? The vibes aren't good. He was very, very flat last time out at, uh, at the Dublin Racing Festival. And also talk of talk of supplementing Seal or Seminary. That's not a vote of confidence from Willie Mullins, that is it? Mm, no, not really. No, I wouldn't. If if Charles won, he certainly wouldn't be. I wouldn't be investing in him. I'd just let him win. Yeah, <laughs> he wouldn't be carrying any way money. No, it, it would be a little bit of a it'd be a bit of a flat champion hurdle, wouldn't it? If if Sharjah was able to win it, I think. Uh, just, yeah, it's just hard to hard to invest. Like he only beat three. He was a good winner two starts back from winning the I think it was the Matheson. But like in the in the Irish champion against Honeysuckle, he only he beat three home on that occasion. Like he finished six to nine. He was two to one on that on that occasion in the in the Irish champion one last scene. So it wouldn't be the biggest shock if he if he collects. But I just for me I wouldn't be investing. No, so we'll come up with our final selections. Paul Darverstar for you. Yeah, Darverstar. Well, I, I'm sorry, Paul. I'm going to have to agree with you. I don't, I don't often agree with people, but I, I do think Darverstar <laughs> is is the is the value in the race. I'm going to go for Seal Semery just on the basis that I, I I think his ceiling of ability is higher than anything else in this Can race. Just say, well done, Lewis, for not tipping a favour. Well done. <laughs> There'll be plenty of them to come during the week, Jim. Don't you worry. I'll be making up for it. Uh, but yeah, eight to one. If if they come here, it's it's not a particularly strong selection. I think it's a hard race to to be massively confident about. Uh, I would say though, Jim, that I would be most scared of Epiton. So the favourite's my second pick. <laughs> Gosh, he is. Gosh, he is. Uh, do we want to talk about? The big clash then next, Benny Dejer against Honeysuckle. Uh, Paul's got to get off pretty soon, but we'll talk about this two-horse race. Is that how we're seeing it? Yeah, I think so. I think if the two mares line up, this is essentially what the mares hurdle was was designed for, and and they have it here. So I think if the two mares line up, it's very hard to see to see past them. Jim, you're a huge. We're both big honeysuckle fans. We both had money on her for the champion hurdle at forty to one. Which, again, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna blag that, Jim, aren't we? We're gonna go into shops and we're gonna show people we had forty to one on honeysuckle. To Let it go. It's it's, it's still a bit sore. We got um, the value. It's all that much, Honeysuckle's been superb. Um, you can't fault what she's done, um, but. Running against Benny Dijer is going to be one of the biggest mistakes they make uh, because Benny Dijer is an absolute superstar. She's literally, she would have won this race last year at Cheltenham if she hadn't fallen at the last. Uh, she was absolutely cruising. Um, I, I, I just, I can't see why, I, I could see Benny Dijer beating Honeysuckle by five length. Um I, I think Honeysuckle's form's very, very good. That champion hurdle win showed that she wants a bit further. Um, and she won the Hatton's Grace very, very impressively uh, over the same distance, beating Bacardi's and Apple's Jade. And, and they're the horses that you've got to be beating to be running in top races. And she, she brushed them aside easy. Um, we still don't know how good Honeysuckle is. Whereas with Benny DeGio, we sort of know that she is top top class um but uh i'm, I'm going to be boring and, and say that benny de is going to win this 
I don't think that's boring, Jim. I think that's a sensible, the sensible option to take. And I think that the bomb, the the Bromhead team might have got this wrong in running it here. Like I, I do not dispute that Honeysuckle is a better horse over two and a half miles than she's over two. But I still think she'd be a likely winner of the Champion Hurdle. That mm. she would be beating a better horse in Benny Didier than anything I think she'd face in the Champion over a trip that is equally as suited to Benny Didier. Uh, it's going to be some race though. <coughs> yeah, I think to say I think it's going to be a cracking race, but I'd imagine I just think the. Benny to do is going to be, I think if she turns up in, in the same form, she's going to be very hard to beat. Saying that, I think Honeysuckles has been maybe a little bit under underestimated. She is seven from seven, but obviously it's going to be her toughest assignment so far. And it's her first time out of Ireland. be interesting to see how she copes with that. Yeah, that's an interesting point. Because um, you, you've seen some horses don't like travelling over the sea. And and you could you, I, Benny Dejeu Benny has been there, done it, bought the T-shirt and honeysuckle as as much as she's exciting and we don't know what else is to come I, I still think that Benny Dejeur's form completely outweighs honeysuckle and I, I still even think there could be more to come from Benny Dejeur I, I know this is all this is all speculative and it's not going to happen would you fancy Benny Dejeur to beat Paisley Park if they ran her in the stairs Paul I'll let you speak first because uh, yeah, I I find it very hard to oppose Pacey Park anyway, and I'm finding it hard enough the fact that Emmy tells me to get to it. So I, 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 I'm not going to say, yeah, Paisley Park for me. That's a hard rule in head now. Yeah, because the Paisley Park story is what makes Paisley Park special. Um, and, and, and I'd agree with Paul. I, I think Paisley Park would win. Oh, I think it'd be tight. I, I don't really have a strong opinion on it. There's just quite a lot, you know, there's been quite a lot of, People mentioning that they'd fancy Benny Didier to to turn Percy Park over, given giving you know with him giving her seven pounds. But I guess I guess that speaks volumes about the level that Benny Didier has really shown. Her win at Autoy is unbelievable. It's as good a hurdling performance as I've seen in the past few years. And it kind of went a bit under the radar a little bit because it were over in France and it were after our season finished. But go back and watch it if if you've not seen it already, where she's beating De Boncourt, who was an odds-on favourite. Only lost once before to that in France. The, the French thought she was, you know, an absolute sir, the best they had over there. And Benny Dejeu just bullies her. Just bullies her. Yeah. And, they, you know, there's they, tidy enough for other Willie Mullins horses in behind. I think Mr. Adjudicator was, was one of them. Bacardi's might have gone over as well. I can't remember off the top of my head, but it was such a good performance. Uh, and look, yeah. I, I, I think she wins. and I, But I, I think we're seeing, the well, two of the best three hurdlers. The, the other, sorry, the, the only the other mare that I'm going to mention, wherever she turns up, has to be worth a couple of quid each way. She's currently for the mayor's hurdle. She's 16 to one here at Boyle Sports. It's the Philip Kirby trained Lady Lady Buttons. She's been she's an unbelievable mare. Again, mm. she never. I don't think she knows how to run a bad race. She's better with, with a bit of pace to aim at. So it'll be interesting to see that will she go champion hurdle route. I know connections. I think are leaving it as late as possible, but. I think Lady Buttons, wherever she turns up, has to be worth it a couple of quid each way. Yes, yeah, she, she's been an absolute revel, revelation this season. Uh, a real, I, I feel like she carries the whole of the weight of Yorkshire on her. 
Oh, um, I was about to say, the Queen of Yorkshire, we absolutely love her here. Yeah, yeah. She's, she's class. Yeah, and I hope she... Even if you look at her run at Cheltenham last season, apparently there was problems. They never thought she was properly travelling. She wasn't quite right uh, last season. And she still managed to finish fourth and run a good race. So, yeah, I, I see 20s about Lady Buttons here for this race. Um, it'd be interesting to see the market for her to win any race at Cheltenham because uh, you, you, you have to respect her, don't you? Yeah, she's. I think she's exceptional. The, the fighting fifth, I know, probably wasn't run to suit her. And she's a mare that comes off. She needs a fastly run race. So she should get that at Cheltenham. And I think she'll, whatever race connections decide to go for, I think she's definitely worth it. A couple of quiddy to her. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, so there'll be some there'll be some party up here if Lady Buttons wins that <laughs> absolute little legend of a mare. Uh, it, it is a, a away from Benadier and Honeysuckle though. This is strength in depth. Roxana, Stormy Island, Elfield have all had really solid seasons, especially the last two I've just mentioned. Roxana obviously picked up the pieces from it this year. It's it's a mare's hurdle with strength in depth, and I guess this is like you said, Paul, the reason this race exists. Is it's, yeah, it's for the two, the top two. It's absolutely brilliant. I've got a little bit of a story about my best ever Cheltenham bet came in this race a couple of years ago when I was going out with a bird called Jade, uh, and it was it was a year apples Jade won it, and I was backing her and backing her all the way through the se- through the season, pretending pretending that I was some sort of romantic. Just going look look at how much money I've made because of your name, because I love her. And in end in my head it was just cut. Nope, five star nap, five star nap. I'd have backed her if she were called Ramsey's the Tay. It didn't ridiculous. How is the relationship going now? <laughs> uh, the, the one after that were called Lawrence. Don't ask, uh, don't ask Paul. Don't that were uh, that were when Lawrence were winning the the May Hill and the Phillies Hill <laughs> and each play for the uh, for the Guinea. So that went really well. There's a new one. There's a new one every week, Paul. There's a new one. Okay. <laughs> I've been I've been skints in single farm payment, Jim. Aye, <laughs> <laughs> Apple J didn't gonna run here though. Apparently, if she turns up at Cheltenham, it will be in the mares. Uh, are we all are we all agreed on Benny Didjo winning this? Yeah, I think Benny Didjo, and if 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 the mayor, if Lady Buttons lines up, you have to you have to be worth a couple of quid each way. Cracky yeah. shot ball. Yeah, I, I agree. Exactly the same. I'd 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 agree with that. It might even be worth doing a forecast of Benny Dejo on Honeysuckle. Well, I don't think I, I, you know, I thought you were going to say a forecast of Benny Dejo and Lady Buttons. I was going to say I was completely forgetting Honeysuckle. Um, but, but that's boring. I just sit and enjoy Benny Dejo uh, and Honeysuckle and, and what prospect it's going to be. Race of the day. Yeah, it is. It sure is. Paul, do you have any more time, or are you needing to for another race, or are you needing to be on your way, Paul? What? There's only two races left, isn't there? Well, we'll go back. We'll go back to the handicap then, if you want the Ultima. Um, yeah, if you want to do that quick and then on to the, is it? There's, oh, there's another handicap chase and the hunt, hunt the uh, national hunt chase as well. You you pick one of them three races. I suppose the national hunt chase. Wouldn't yeah, it? it's got to be, hasn't it? Yeah. The national hunt chase. Yeah, is it, uh, we'll fin- finish up with this. Is that all right? Yeah, yeah not a fine. problem, Paul. Not a problem. I've had an absolute nightmare with this race in the last week because I've been looking. I've been looking for an alternative to carefully selected for a couple of months, to be fair. 
Champagne Classic would have been my festival nap. Really keen on him. Obviously, he's out injured. Then I went on to my second pick, Copperhead, who is now leaning towards the RSA. And my 50-1 to squeak, who I really liked for this, also might not be running. So I've had a bit of a nightmare. So does carefully selected win this race kind of by default? Jim or Paul, either one? Well, it's very hard going down through the list of horses here. It's very hard to to find one to to be carefully carefully selected. He's three from three over fences. He does probably need to to brush up on his jumping. He won a grade three on his last start. That was at Nace. And Henry de Brom had trained Spyglass Hill, had every chance when when falling second last. And as as you mentioned, it's it's interesting to see what's going to line up. I don't know, Kim Bailey has mentioned Copperhead. Battle over Dying was very poor the last day before falling. Forza Milan, not from six over fences, but was four lengths behind, carefully selected at Nace. And I think David Bridgewater trained the conditional will be interesting, although the, the question marks over the trip, depending on what race the, the conditional lines up in, he was didn't seem to stay at Warwick over 3-5, but before that was a good second in the, the Ladbrokes Trophy at Newbury, formerly known as the, the Hennessy. Yeah, I, I, I was my my view on the race was kind of like you said. I, I wasn't hugely keen on carefully selected jumping. I think he's got a fair bit of speed to, to ask a horse to go almost four miles with as much raw speed as carefully selected has. I'll be really impressed if he sees it out well with with <laughs> the pace he has over shorter. Uh, and I, I guess that's kind of it's kind of in reverse with horses from the from the Mullins yard going for this. Because a lot of other yards have the horse and then they have to find find the jockey, you know, with the Jamie Codd and the Derek O'Connors. Whereas the Mullins yard have the jockey and then they have to find the horse, which which doesn't always, which aren't always horses who you traditionally call national chase types. Like if you look at some of the horses Patrick's ridden in the race over, over the past decade or so, Perfect Gentleman was fourth in this and he was pretty much a two and a half miler before and after he ran in it, they ran, you know, Pont Alexandra. I know he went wrong in the race, but he was, he wouldn't have been on paper a national and chase horse at all. So, as much of a plus as Patrick always is, sometimes I kind of, you know, would carefully be selected, be running in his race if he was trained by anyone other than Willie Mullins. And the answer to that, I don't think he's, I think he's no. That being said, he's just the best horse in this, isn't he? Yeah, he is. Sorry, sorry, Paul. No, God, uh, sorry. He, he is. He is. But, but um, I just have a question mark with carefully selected jumping. Um, I, I'm, I'm really not being that impressed with it. Uh, and it was shown last time out at Nace. And I'm ideally looking to try and take him on. Although there's all this depth dropped out. Um, and a really, really likable horse. He's two for gold. Um, he jumps. He tries. He'll keep. He'll keep battling all the way up and if you look at this race last year with Lebroy and Discarama they had a right set to up, 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 in the, up, up the hill and I think two for gold is a horse that is similar to them he'll just keep rolling and rolling and rolling and I, th- I think 10 to 1 is a decent bit of value at this moment in time uh, Ollie Bell's in this syndicate as well I think um, and I think this race will really suit him 
Um, he, he ran at Ascot last time and finished second to Copperhead. He was absolutely smashed in the Reynolds Town. But uh, I, I feel like the con- if the conditions are soft and you just know that I feel that he could get a, an easiest enough uh, lead and then just kick on up that hill and he'll just try and try to the line. Uh, I don't know who'd who'd ride him. Um, there's just is Chester Williams Chester Williams riding this race. He rides for Kim Bailey. Um, I, I, I think. Yeah, I, do, I I just think he's a bit of value at forty. There's fourteen to one around about him. Paul, do you have any alternatives to take on carefully selected with, or are you keen on the favourite? I actually had I had two for goalies, three from four over fences. We're, we're getting beating the Reynolds Town. Um, just while we're talking jockeys, I think on, as, as regard the English amateur scene, um, certainly keep an eye on what Will Biddick is, is booked to ride for in this and maybe yeah. any amateur race at the festival. Will Biddick is a he's a top class rider. He's as good as any professional. Mm-hmm. And I think he did. He joined the paid ranks for a short spell just by weight issues. I think he was just a little bit on the heavy side. And Will Biddick, I think, is as good as any professional. So I'd certainly keep an eye on, on what Will is is booked on in any of the amateur races but it's hard like carefully selected i wouldn't be investing but you're, when you're trying to find one to, to take him on with it's just it's quite a mission and maybe it's two for goalie is he's three for four over fences would be maybe one you have tom george of springfield fox a winner of his last two interesting to see where where he goes um I don't you have to have run three times over Fences to qualify for this race is that not the rule now? He's only run twice. I think yeah, that's right. He's I know he's had three starts and points, three wins from and three starts and points. So yeah, oh, he'll be taken up in that. Um, he is two from two over fences. So um, yeah, possibly two. I'd say if I was taking on carefully selected, it would be with two for gold. I'd imagine. Will Biddick is down to ride uh, Lamanda Pippin for Colin Tizard, who's a twenty-five to one shot here. Uh, yeah, according to the Colin Tizard's. Uh, media day yesterday. Again, yeah. though, there must be the conditions because Le, Le, Le Manver Pippen has only two starts over fences mm. as well. He was a winner when last seen at Chep, so that was back on the 20th of November. The horse at a big price I was really keen on as an each way proposition was the other Colin Tizard horse, Christmas in April. It was 50 to 1 <laughs> when I tweeted on Sunday that. I'd found a 50 to one shot for a novice chase. Uh, he's into 33s now, and I, I'm still going to make my case, even though Colin Tizard said they might be leaning towards running him in the Midlands National. Uh, look, he's not in the same league as carefully selected in terms of talent, but what he does is stay. He stays forever. He's won the he's won the uh, Sussex National and the Devon National so far this season. Uh, he's now up to an OR of 137. Quite like the way he jumped when he won that Plumpton as well. He was very, he was quite low on his fences, very accurate, almost just brushing through the top of them all, but almost, almost always in control. He went, he goes forward. Uh, he's only run at Cheltenham before. Sorry, he has run twice at Cheltenham before, but he was, he ran well when third in a big handicap here at the uh, Open meeting last season when her first assignment and Vive Loire were the two ahead of him. They're both, you know, useful enough types. Uh, and I say he's won three times over fences this season, Christmas in April. Took him a while to really come to the boil. He's a second season novice. Beaten at Chepstow on his first start this season by Lecavson Nostra, who's a name you know, that might not ring a bell to too many people. Uh, that's a mare uh, in the Whaley Cohen colours. 
But on her next start, she went and beat Lord Dumeny, who's been winning, you know, big staying races this season. He's won the Tommy Whittle, won the last fling, second in the Grand National Trial. He, he, if he turns up here as well, he'd be the one I'd take on, uh, carefully selected with. I think he's a really nice stayer, Lord Dumeny. But so Christmas in April's form is working out pretty well. Uh, and when you've got a favourite who is quick enough to you know to be a graded quality horse over two and a half miles, the way I'd be I'd be looking to try and take him on from an each way angle would be with one who is just guaranteed to get home. And that's what Christmas in April is. He might be doing it in his own time, but it might be enough to see him sneak, you know, into third or second here. Because even looking, you know, like you've both said, it's a hard race to get a grasp on without the favourite. It's almost as if we all seem to agree that we think carefully selected is vulnerable, but the list of alternatives doesn't look to be particularly long. So we've we've got a stayer who's rated 137 has won two nationals this season. <laughs> so please run him here and not your toxic. <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm pretty sure they'll go for the, the national because I'm sure he's handicap mark. It will be perfect for that. Yeah, it'd be quite similar. I thought his win in the in the Devon National three six, three six three mile six and a half furlongs at Exeter would be the equivalent of of near three mile anywhere else um, on heavy ground. Uh, near wanted unraceable at Cheltenham, I think, to to go for the for the, the national chase. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's not there's not too much of it. I can't see Battle Over Down turning up here if he comes to Cheltenham at all. I mean, look, if if we're looking at horses who are actually likely to come. Carefully selected the best price two to one. Copperhead is going for the RSA, and then you've got a twelve to one second favourite. Ten points between the first and second favourites. So With, snap up the value on two for gold now because he won't be fourteens on the day. That could be a brilliant shout, boys. That could be a brilliant shout if we're both looking to if we're all looking to take carefully selected on two for gold could be the podcast horse of the race. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, two for gold for you two boys then yeah I'd take the favourite on with, with two for gold yeah let's go for him let's, let's go for carefully selected <laughs> we're, we're, come on two for gold I, I'd be with Lord Domini if, if, he, if he turns up uh, just got nabbed last time out at Haydock in the Grand National Trial off you know giving giving weight to smooth stepper out of the handicap he's a proper stayer just just worry slightly maybe i'd almost prefer him this is going to sound daft but if he were mine i'm not sure whether i'd run him because he has been doing a lot of running and winning over extreme distances on heavy ground he's had a very very hard season uh whether he might be slightly over the top of that now uh i wouldn't be sure it wouldn't be it wouldn't be a sort of campaign i'd traditionally like to back a horse for the national on that chase off the back of. But if not, Christmas in April if he turns up. And if not, I'll join in with you two on two for gold. <laughs> well, yeah, certainly Lord of Esnall would be of interest in it. He was in the, the grand, second in the Grand National Trail, wasn't he? At, at Haydock back on the 15th of February. And I know Richard Hobson, he, he was a former national on jockey. Does well with the string he has. He's been in the winner's enclosure in recent weeks. So at least the horses are certainly in form. Mm. Yeah, really like Lord Domino as a future Grand National candidate. I know he's in the National yeah. this season, but they're, they're planning on going to Altoy rather than uh, Aintree with him unless it comes up 
very, very soft. He'd be interesting, though, if he turned up. Uh, we'll move back now in time to the Ultima. Uh, Can we let Paul go? Do you want to stay with us, Paul? Or? I, yeah, I might have to kick on. Hey, is that all right? Yeah, Not fine, a problem, man. mate. Sorry. Thanks a lot for joining us. And thanks a lot uh, for your contribution. And I'm sure yeah, we'll be well, talking he, a lot over he, the festival. He, Cap, do you have anything you're keen on in this? Two seconds and half. I only kind of flicked. Where is it? Uh, what time is it at? It's at two fifty. Two fifty. Oh, it's a grade three, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, Shattered Love. I, I think this one. It's a handicap. It's grade three race. It's. I think it is. It's interesting again to see what lines up. Like Shattered Love was an each way good each way selection for a gold cup once upon a time and. Then you have Rock the Casbin there, who's running off a mark of 150. He's never won off a, off a mark higher than 147. And I think Galvin is, is definitely of interest if he gets mm. in. He's he's number 47. I know he's double. He's in another of the, the races at the festival. Runs off 142. And it would just be his fourth start over fences. So the in handicap company, he'd be vulnerable to those that a bit more experience and, and maybe a little bit more streetwise. But... Rock the Casbah maybe would be would be an each way selection. Nice, nice. Nice. Is there anything else on the days before you go, Paul, on on the later days in the festival? Anything you're particularly keen on for Wednesday, Thursday or Friday? I'd like Scandiburg for some reason. I'm drawn to him. Scandiburg in the Pertemps final. He's a ten stone nine and I think connections have he was a winner on New Year's Day at Cheltenham. And he is, I think, connections. He just looks like he's been mapped out for the part times final. He gets in off 10 so 9 and he qualified finishing second at entry two starts ago. Yeah, I, re- I really, really like that. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm with you there. Paul, thanks a lot for joining us, mate. It's been no, an absolute pleasure chat. having you on. Deadly. And uh, no, so we'll chat soon. We'll have and you back thanks. on. Thanks we'll have you back on for a review. For thanks. Thanks very much. See you later. Cheers, lads. Thanks. Enjoy. Thank you. Enjoy the week. Best of luck. Good luck. Absolutely brilliant to have Paul with us uh, for our day one preview. We've still got two races for me and Jim to touch upon, all the two handicaps, and we'll run through the prices of the Ultima Paul liked, Shattered Love, Galvin, uh, and could give Rockley Casbah an each way chance. They're all at bigger prices, though. Seven to one, the favourite vindication. Nine to the conditional tens. Discarama killed this out. 11 to 1. Who dares wins? 12s, Mr. Malarkey. And 20 to 1. Bar them. Jim, this is a selection of familiar faces, mate. Do you have a particularly strong view? Oh, I, I, I agree with, uh, with what Paul said before he left about Galvin. I think his handicap mark is very, very interesting. Uh, they've been very generous to him, giving him a mark of 142. Uh, it's just finding which race he's probably going to turn up in. Um, my shortlist for this race is... One second. Uh, of course, Discorama's in it. Uh, we, if you listen to the Cheltenham previews last season, we knew how strong I was in, on him for the uh, four-miler. But he's been fancied this week by price-wise, so the price has absolutely gone on Discorama. Um, I thought Labagor Wab was very interesting off a mark of 149 in this. Um uh, I, th- I think uh, she's dropping in the she drops in the handicap and, and into an easier race now. Uh, I, I think she'd be very competitive. And as as I've said, I think 
Dees Abba uh, of Philip Hobbs. He's entered elsewhere. Uh, I th- is it the Kim Muir he's entered in? Um, uh, he's interesting as well. Um, but with Galvin, he's as short as eight to one for the uh, two mile four. Is it the what? It's not the close. Well, the Northern Trust. It's, it used to be the Close Bros, uh, which we'll talk about later. Um, I, I, I think uh, I, I think he's more than likely going to run there. But his form is really, really good. Um, Discarama, he's not exactly blown me away this season, but his performances last towards the end of last season, uh, including finishing second to Lebroy, was very, very good. Um, I, I feel like a race like this could suit him than what he has been running. He ran over hurdles last time and was brushed aside by easy work. Uh, but previous to that, he was eighth in the Troy Town. Chrissy's dream won that race. He's he's been talked in the same light for a gold cup. Uh, he, he was he was second behind Champagne Classic. Uh, I just feel like there's a there's a big performance in him uh, off a mark of one four eight, and I think this race would would suit him a lot. Uh, what do you fancy in this, Lewis? Do you have do you have out? Discarama would be on my shortlist. Festival form is massive. I think he's on a fair mark. Uh, and I can I can see why the price is shot and for him I'd be keen on the conditional whether he turns up here or in the Kim Muir massively improved this season won well at Cheltenham back in October uh, and then like Paul said when he talked about him he's also entered the national and chase surely he won't go there uh, in the Ladbrokes Trophy and like Paul said he was a non-stayer at Warwick last time. But he, he went well enough for a long way. He was still involved. Uh, you know, a couple of flights into the home straight, really. It was only in the last, you know, half mile that, that his tank began to weaken. And he's been dropped for that. When I, I don't I don't think that that to me wasn't wasn't a performance of a horse who who had regressed or, or was in worse form. It was just a performance of a horse who didn't stay an extreme trip, which was set at an absolutely ridiculous pace by Captain Chaos, who finally went in at the weekend up the boy. Uh, but I think one three nine could be a lovely mark for the, for the conditional. Problem is he might not get in. Yeah. He's sixty one on the list at the minute, and this race has a limit of twenty four. Yeah. Um, uh, that that would be the worry. Uh, with him, yeah, it's 24 that gets in. Um, he, he's not done anything wrong this season, the conditional Aussie, and I, 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 I could see him, but I was, he, the tank emptied very, very quickly last time, and I just feel like these runs in these big handicaps could have taken it all out of him, and I, I feel like he could struggle again here, even if he is off a low weight in a very competitive race. What do we make of the favourite, the top weight, Vindication? Uh, fifth in the JLT at this meeting last season. Easy winner at Ascot in the Sodexo Gold Cup back in November on his only start. I mean, if if there's a proper graded quality horse in this, it's him. Yeah, um, I, I don't know why, but I'm looking to take him on. Um, he, he, last season, he bumped into Deputy Desai twice. Uh, in the JLT and in the Silly Isles, that form's very, very strong. We all know 
that the superstar lost in translation, beating both times and Defi Desai. I just feel like he's there to be taken on. I think a mark of 159, he's on the high side. I think that's very, very generous to him. Um, and I know he had good novice form, but I don't think... I think there's something... There's, there's classier horses in this with lower marks. And I'll go back to my point of Le Bagawa. Uh, I think if the ground is is good, it would suit her a lot more. Um, she ran a very, very good race last time out uh, at Leopardstown when uh, fifth in the Irish Gold Cup. You look at, you look down a form and the best performances are on good ground. She won at Leopardstown in the uh, floor gas novices chase on good ground. When she gets the best ground possible, she's very difficult to beat. And I know, that, I know it's a small possibility, but I, I think Labagola could be competitive in a race like this, stepping down in class. Because last time that, that Irish Gold Cup was red hot and back into a handicap here. I think she's interesting. Well, the fact that they purposely avoided Cheltenham last season because they didn't think it would suit her, and they thought she was well below herself when she ran at it in tw- uh, when she ran at the festival in 2018, would that be a worry? Backing up, yeah, purposely avoided Cheltenham last season. Of course, it'd have to be a worry, but it'd be a risk I'd worth taking because you might not like the grounds, you might not like the track, but if you're offering me, what's the, what's the best price has 20s. anyone got? If you're offering me twenties, I'm, I'm willing to take the gamble um, there's a lot of horses in this who could be very very competitive Mr Malarkey if he gets good ground he could be dangerous we saw what he did at Kempton uh, in the Betway handicap chase beating Black Corton uh, he was just he's a, just a little bit of a behind the bridle horse and needed rowing along and John Joe Neal Jr gets on really really well with him if the ground's good he'll be competitive here you, you could make a whole lot of cases for him Um if I, if I had to put my finger on, on one, it would probably be Discorama. That's very, very interesting. You missed some malarkey, I could see, going well, like you said, as long as the ground is good. A lot of people kind of thought Kildesart caught the eye last time out as well. He was a horse I was a fan of at the start of the season. Another one who ran in the JLT last year. Uh, it's a race I, again... I'm kind of struggling to find a particularly interesting angle of. There are a lot of horses here who kind of bashed, bashed the reds against each other. I don't think there's as many, uh, as many upwardly mobile chases in this as there will be in something like the Kim Muir. Mm, yeah, um, I always feel like there's a bit of a plot horse in the Kim Muir, whereas this is more obvious. You, you look at last year's winner, Beware the Bear, Vintage Clouds, Lakeview Lad, and Big River for the first four home. You sort of know what you've got running. Um, the, the stats saw that show that six of the last 12 winners had had a previous winner at Cheltenham. And you'd be two of the last 12 favourites have won this race. And it's just really putting me off vindication. I, I, the stats are backing up the, the fact that I don't think vindication will be there at all. Yeah, I'm, I, I'm, I'm almost looking at you know the ones who I'd want to make a case. Like I said, the conditional would be my, and be my pick. And again, look if 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 he if he's declared but just doesn't get in and he's balloted out, you get your money back. Uh, and he's a best price nine to one. He'd be the one for me. And you like you've mentioned Disha Abba. Uh, 
who to be fair, one four two would have got him in last year. He's fifty on the list. Also in the Hemmings colours cloth cap. Uh, who who's rated one one fee seven? That probably doesn't get him in. Uh, of 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 the ones who are almost certain to get a run, I'd probably side with you when we disco armor, mate. Yeah. Yeah, and just another one that I mentioned. He always runs very very well at Cheltenham. Uh, he's up the likes as what Paul said earlier on, rock the Casbar, but Cogri. Um, yes, Cog- I was going to mention him. I've forgot. He's on my he's on my notes. Cogri's going to run off a career I mark here of one four three, uh, but he was beat at Cheltenham last time by doing fine. It, he'll just run his race, won't he? He's he's ultra consistent off ten stone ten. Sam Twist and Davis are bowling along in front and getting jumping, and he could be difficult uh, to try and peg back because on that first day, everyone's that ground's going to be turned up after. Although it won't really, will it? Um, it won't be turned up that much. But I think he's a proper, proper stayer. And I think Cogri at 33s, just 25s. I, th- I think he's a decent each-way price in this, if he if he gets in. There's worse 33 to one shots every day. Yeah, Count Maribel's in this. <laughs> <laughs> he's 33s. Um, yeah, and, uh, you, you could. You look you look down the field and there's there's really, really solid horses in it. But there's like- there's... There's always that feeling. Last year, you look at the win. The winner was 10s, 16s, 25s, 28s, the first four home. I, I like, I, I say the top of the head of the markets, normally where the form lies, lies in these handicap chases. But I, I feel like there could be a bigger price horse in this that turns up and wins. Yeah, I agree. I'd prefer to see LeBroy in this rather than the Kim Muir as well. I feel like he's... He might be a little bit more vulnerable to, like you said, Jim, a bit of a plot horse in this, whereas I don't think there are too many of them. Yeah, but Ben Pauling's got killed this in this, hasn't he? So exactly. This I, has I, always I, been the plan. I'd be keen to see LeBroy here rather than the Kim Muir, whereas horses who I kind of want to run here are probably likely to run in the Kim Muir, like the conditional. So he'd be my one if he gets to run. If not, Discarama, who is your pick anyway. Yeah, yeah, that's fair enough. That, to me, though, Jim, would be a one-star bet, if I were to say how confident I was. No, I'd say Discarama's a two for me. I am a little bit more confident, though, Jim, about our final race we'll touch upon in on day one. It is the Northern Trust Company's Novices Handicap Chase. It has a different name every year. Uh and again, the horse I was planning on making my case for, Jim, is running this afternoon. <laughs> is he? Who is it? As it? He's running now. I'm a game changer. He's running at Navin. Right now, changer. just as we speak. I'll, I'll try and get the race up as, as we're recording this. Um, what price was I'm a game changer? It was the best price, 25 to 1 to win this. That's solid enough. It's currently 7-2 to two to win the Flying Bolt Novice Chase at Navin. Uh, uh, and he was going to be the horse I was going to make my case for. He's also in the Grand Annual. But you, you don't think a horse wins at Cheltenham. Well, you, you know, you're know you not planning a horse on winning at Cheltenham if you run him seven days in advance, surely. <laughs> it's not the ideal preparation, is it? No, um, so I'm not sure whether he, whether he turns up here at all or whether they go for the grand annual I'd give him a few more days off so that was that plan scuppered however Jim 
It's all right because we've rescued it. We're rescuing it. We've 20 to 1 shot Dayran de Karjak. Dayran de Karjak. Interesting. Elaborate. Be running off one pound below top weight here. It's a 0 to 145. And Southfield Stone actually isn't handicapped out. He just has to run off 146 in this. So he's running off one pound below top weight. Dayran de Karjak was a useful enough novice hurdler last season. Uh, Finished with a rating of 132. One on chase debut at Huntingdon over two and a half miles. That form now looks decent. Beat Pim there. I know we think Pim is better over further. Similarly enough with Watmore, who's a horse we both mentioned actually, Jim, didn't we? Mm, uh, I catch it. As I as being running eye catching in the Betway handicap chase. But th- there were other smart types in behind. Eric LaRouge, a bold me was pulled up who would have won the Totem had he stayed on his feet. Third Wind, who was a fancy for the Potemps after reverting back to hurdles. Uh, that was a tidy enough race and then he looked like he was going to beat Champ for a bit in in the Berkshire Novices chase he was the one who stayed on the bridle for the longest looked to have had Black Op and Champ in a little bit of trouble just didn't quite I guess he just couldn't write, couldn't quite run as fast for as long as those two proper graded quality horses uh, in the Berkshire Novices chase and then maybe you could say slightly underwhelming in the dipper. But he's still only got two within two lengths of Midnight Shadow. And he was still staying on. He was closing at the finish. Uh, certainly more so than Peyton the Dream, who who finished ahead of him there. Well, to be fair, they both ran a similar race. So Peyton the Dream, you, you expect, I think, was the 2021 outsider and was ridden to pick up the pieces. You know, he was closest at the finish, whereas Dayrand de Kajak was actually a little bit ridden, a little bit more prominently, and then rallied again. Uh, I quite like that form. And off 145, I think he might be the one. Yeah, uh, interesting point. We've just got two to jump here at Navin, and uh, I'm a game changer, has travelled like a dream. Uh, he's, he's got a bit early to his fences. He's not jumped him amazingly. Um, he's currently bringing him to the stands well. Uh, great. I, I should have been a commentator. Um, I um, I like I like uh, a horse you mentioned already in this Paint the Dream. I think uh, as I look down at Paint the Dream's form, I'm again changed. He's just falling out the back of the telly. Uh, good. That's why he's he's not running in this. Um, yeah, I put a line through his run at Ludlow last time. Uh, two mile around Ludlow is sharp. Um, I, I think two mile falls Morris think he was second in the, in the dipper as you've, you've mentioned the form beating Deer under Karjak and he was second at Sandown behind Dashing Perk I think he's got a decent mark of this a 140 I think 25 to 1's decent each way value about him uh, I also like put the kettle on in this we've not seen her since the 17th of November when winning the Arkle Novices trial uh, better at the time though mate it, it did and I know Al Dancer get away Trump Bruce Viff that form's very very good uh, well was was very very good at the time but Rouge Viff since come out and won the Kingmaker meh uh, and, I, and I think off a mark of 144 she's in, interesting on this um, she's had four chase starts she's won three of them uh, she was second at Tipperary behind Robin De Carlo. 
beating Moon over Germany. I think that's good, good form. I, I feel like Henry de Bromhead might think he's got a chance in this. I, I like more Irish horses for a close bros uh, race. I need to stop calling it the close bros. Um, and I, I think that Put the Kettle On's been given a very, very fair mark of this in one of one four four, and is where I'm currently edging. I find that interesting, mate. Do you do you think? Well, does does the time off be a worry? I mean, she was a busy she was a busy girl to be fair throughout throughout the summer and and the autumn. So I, I guess I guess it makes sense to have her coming here fresh. Yeah, they, they've done the right thing with her. They've put her away, and hopefully now she's going to come here fresh and jump them into submission. Aidan Coleman rode the last time at, at Cheltenham due to the fact of jockey arrangements and uh, we're a busy, busy day of racing and put Rachel Blackmore on her ear and she'll jump for fun. And I, I think that 16-1 to 1 is, is a very, very good price. Um, this race is really, really interesting. There's a lot... There's a lot that you can rule out, in my opinion, but there's a lot. Go on, Nate. Nate, who are you ruling out? Right, I am ruling out Beakstown. Why? Can't jump. High Sun can't jump. That pains me to say, as the Archbishop of Colin Tizard. Um, Sensilano. Why? Just forming um, mares, hurdles, mares, chases. I, I don't think mares races are, are, are good enough to be winning one of these races. Um, Champagne Platinum. It's just a weird, weird horse. Um, I, I, I just think there's a lot of value in other horses further down. And, and I think that what, uh, what Put the Kettle On has done uh, is nearly foot perfect, and I, I think that sixteen to one is a very very good price. So Jim Watson there has managed to narrow the field down from sixty-one to fifty-seven. <laughs> You're very welcome. You don't want to hear me bang on about horses I don't like and have grudges against. Galvin, we've mentioned previously. Um, I, I'd like him more in this, and he's also on my shortlist, Jim. Um, I, I think he's very very interesting. I've said the marks interest. Uh, generous on him uh, he was second behind uh, Salsaretta last time and he he's, likes to be held up if they go a good gallop he'll pick up the pieces later on and I think that uh, he's a mar- he should be favourite in comparison to I- Imperial Aura in my opinion well Imperial Aura's probably actually achieved more than Galvin so yeah. far I think he's been tough and consistent but maybe the maybe you'd expect Galvin to have a little bit more Room for improvement. Galvin was sixth in the Ballymore last time out. That second behind Salsaretta at Punchestown came ahead of some good horses. Whisper in the breeze won the big handicap at the uh, DRF last season, and he was beaten by Galvin here. He's he was uh, he's rated 139. Tune and Donald's PAG are both 130 plus horses. Score Mars being a novice, what for about five years. But you know he was a one. He's a 130s plus horse on his day, and Cunio was also rated above 130 as a hurdler. All of those were beaten by Galvin in that uh, novice chase at Punchestown. And to be fair, on his, I know he fell behind Battle Over Diamond. He was actually running all right on his chasing debut. But even then, his second start, good horses, 
is finishing ahead of. In fact, that was such a tidy little, not a beginner's chase at Fairy House back in November. Ronald Pump won it. He was running in the stairs, which has got to be brilliant for Matthew Smith. We love a bit of Ronald Pump. He's a cracking, cracking little animal. Uh, Captain CJ was second. Grade two winner last time out. Speakeasy has been has had quite a good season. Galvin was fourth. And then behind him, Castleborn West. Spyglass Hill, who was giving carefully selected a race last time out. But Pom, Cap York, you know, who ran in the Potemps last season. Cuneo, final list, another useful enough hurdler. The fact that he doesn't have a one next to his name is actually probably more indicative of the strength in depth of these uh, early season Irish novice chasers rather than actu- rather than Galvin's actual ability. Uh, he's a properly good horse. I, I, I really like him. I might play with him as well, Jim. Yeah, yeah, I'm in agreement with you. Um, Galvin put the kettle on. And what was the other horse I mentioned? Paint the Dream. Imperial Aura would probably complete my three. We're not getting away without tipping a favourite here, but he's very, very solid, mate. He is, he's very solid. He's hes a tough enough animal, isn't he? Probably just outstayed by Pim. Back here in December, I think. Uh, over three miles. Dropping back to two and a half was probably the right, the right move to take. And then runner-up in that good handicap here on Trials Day. That's usually... A decent pointer to races like this. I know I think killed this out one last year, didn't he? And then uh, went on to run in the JLT. Yeah. Simply the bets who's favourite for the uh, Close Brothers. No, sorry for the, for the is was the horse who won that race, who won that, that day. Another horse that Gavin Sheehan is likely to ride. Another favourite that Gavin Sheehan is likely to ride on the slopes back in third as well. So I'm sure we'll be getting mentions. He most definitely will be. <laughs> uh, look, Imperial Aura's Cheltenham form is good, and he's just a sort of tough animal that I could see the sort of hurly burly in this suit, and he's the right favourite. I think. Yeah, yeah, it could be a good first day, Kim Bailey, uh, as, as we've tipped two for gold early on. So hopefully it is. Another one I would give an each-way squeak to at a bigger price at 20s would be Knight in Dubai. Uh, got bullied by Sam Brown last time out uh, in the old car. But prior to that, I'd won, I'd won two novice chases. Both decent races as well. Ballymoy beaten at Bangor on chasing debut, and then he beat Scahalian Munro, who's a lovely horse, who does some good winning up north uh, at Donny in December. Again, running the Coral Cup last season with midfield in that. Uh, doesn't have particularly uh, much to find, really, with the horses who've been running in more graded races. I, and I could see him going all right at best price, 20 to 1. Yeah, yeah, good point. So, Jim, your pick for the close brothers, if I were to narrow it down to one. Ooh, do we go value or do we go? Oh, well, can, well can, can we be? Shall we? Shall we have a? Shall we have a winner in an each way? Well, Galvin winner put the kettle on each way. The winner's coming from Ireland. I also like Galvin, and I will back that up at a bigger price with Dayrander Karjak. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I get your point. 
that's all the races on the first day of Cheltenham dealt with. Jim, can I ask you for a nap, a next best, and a reserve? Um, a ratings the races nap. Um, nap first race. We're going big. We're going fiddler on the roof. Nap. Um, next best. We are going to go with. Is it a bottle to say? No. The Benny did you next best, and the reserve is Galvin in the Close Brothers. What well, used to be the Close Brothers? My nap is going to be Notebook to win the Arkle. Lay all day. Just think he's one of the value bets of the week. Jim, you can't say lay all day. You literally said just over an hour ago, mate. I'm trying to find ways to get him beat, and I can't think of one. Well, well I did say that, but I, I think Bruno for Stormer. He's being contrary again for the sake of it. If I didn't tip Notebook, he'd be all over him. Uh, notebook's my nap. I think my next best... God, I can't put an odds on shot up as a next best. I know you as a Jim, but... I've got to come up with something a little bit better than that. I think I'll go for Asterion Falange. Yeah, Asterion Falange. I just think the Supreme will suit down to the ground. And my reserve, I think I will side with Galvin, though. Each way options, if they do turn up, don't discount Deir and Kajak. And don't discount Christmas in April at a huge price if they run him in the national chase. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree with Christmas in April. As as the Archbishop of Colin Tizard, I, I think he will run very, very well. What happens if Lost in Translation wins the Gold Cup, Jim? Do you get promoted to Pope? If Lost in Translation wins the Gold Cup, Fiddler on the Roof wins the Supreme Novice Hurdle. I, I'm going to ask Robbie Power if I can ride Lost in Translation into the parade ring. <laughs> 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 if you see a rather large man sat on the back of Lost in Translation with Robbie Power. Um, that that will be me, just to let people know. Um, uh, the more and more I'm watching, I can't wait to preview the Friday. I'm so excited now. Um, it's, it's just a week away, isn't it? This, this time next week, I could be sat crying because I'm about to win it so fast. And on that positive upbeat note <laughs> James Watson we'll leave it there uh, our Wednesday preview with Adam Webb will be up next thanks a lot for everyone for tuning in thanks to Paul Callahan for joining us you can follow him on Twitter at PG Callahan uh, my name's Lewis Tomlinson Jim Watson's going to be here all week uh, I'm here all week <laughs> and we'll see you all again to preview the next three days it's not long now boys see you later